Welcome to Families for Life with Brian and Brian, a podcast of Oak Hill Baptist Church. On today's episode, we're talking about doing things God's way. Welcome. Welcome, Brian and listeners. Hey, Brian, it's good to be back. We, I'm glad we're here. We were on a break for a few weeks. Yep. We had Christmas, we had New Year's, and really we had no winter, and now all of a sudden winter is here. <laughs> yep. We yeah. are recording on a nice snowy day. Yes. And so it's uh, beautiful outside and cold, yes. very cold. So yeah, it was like 70 degrees over Christmas. So it's crazy. That was wild. How was your holidays? It was really good. Um, you know, we we traveled, visited family, did all that stuff. And I'm learning with kids. You know, I have younger kids, so we're still figuring things out. You don't rest over the holidays with no, children. You, no. you don't get any rest at all. And then and then you get inundated with toys, and you have to be thankful because you know that's a blessing. But also, it's the worst ever. <laughs> yeah, especially with little kids. You know, you have them on a, a schedule, and then the holidays throw that completely off. And oh it, yeah, it really sh- the kids, little kids struggle. Toddlers, man, yeah. Our one kid, he woke up in the middle of the night screaming because he, yeah, which is very odd. He normally sleeps all the way through, and then you know you get the toys that break instantly. You know that's really sad. That's hard. So, but but overall, I'm I'm messing around. We had a great time though. Yeah. We had a lot of fun with our family, cousins playing together. Man, it was good. Yeah, the same. So. We had a great time spending time with family and. Our immediate family, and then also some extended family. So yeah. it was it was really a good time, and uh, we had New Year's. Yes, uh, I made it till about eleven thirty. Yeah, we watched the ball drop in New York, and then went to bed. Up. Yep, mm-hmm. and didn't. I mean, staying up that late for me is pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, so. same. I uh, we made it to about the same time, and you know, growing up, I grew up on the East Coast, so like that. I never understand, you know, like you see the ball drop and it's New Year's. Right. But here it's like, it's kind of nice. I'm not going to lie. I get to see the ball drop yep. and then Go to and then I'm like, all right, nice. <laughs> it's yeah. the new year, even though it's not yet. Yeah. But so we're both early risers. So staying up late is doesn't work. really hard for me nowadays. Yeah. Super difficult. So, but yeah. Um, so we're going to do something new today, right? We're going to dive into um, kind of a different uh, element, I would say, of our kind of podcast that we want to start. Yeah, we have these things that we do, like a pastor's perspective mm-hmm. or a biblical balance. And so we're starting a new one. It's called Doing Things God's Way. And this actually, we were having a conversation the other day, and you just blurted out, mm-hmm. doing, you know, doing things God's way turns to work. <laughs> something, yeah, I don't remember what you said, but then I wrote down doing things God's way. And then as we continued to talk, I was like, man, that. That's a great idea. And as we formed this idea around marriage, we thought, wow, this could be a good series that, Mm -hmm. you know, people are obviously struggling in different areas or, or thinking different things about different subjects. You know, a lot of times we're more in line, especially this is a sad thing that in church, we're more in line with the culture and what culture would say than we are with the Bible. Yeah. Many people are anyway. And so this idea is to say what what does God's word say about a, a topic a right. subject this is God's way because in God's word he tells us what he wants us to do how yeah. he wants us to think how he wants us to feel about certain things and we really do believe that doing things God's way is how you maintain a family for life you know yes. that, that's kind of the point behind this is this is families for life we're talking about principles that 
that applied to our families, to our to our own persons, to our churches, create long, longevity and joy uh, now and in the future. And so doing things God's way is how that happens. Right. And so we want to talk about that regarding marriage um, for several reasons. Well, and this is, yeah. and, and as we talk about marriage today, this is for those that are struggling, but it's also for those that aren't struggling. These mm-hmm. are, you know, both of us, um, you yeah. know, we have great marriages because we have great wives. Yes, we have great wives. Not It's the blessing of the Lord, not because of our own abilities, because I would mess that up. <laughs> but, um, you know, in that, um, we, we, we need these reminders. Mm-hmm. I need these reminders constantly about what God's word says about marriage, because I just don't... Um, I get into my own yeah. way of thinking. Well, I get into my own head and I, I lose focus. It's like maintenance on a vehicle. I mean, you don't, just because you have a great vehicle doesn't mean you don't maintain it. Like right. You, and so for us, you know, we, we, we talk to each other. You and I do, you know, we joke about having our therapy sessions before our, mm-hmm. <laughs> we jump into our podcast or even just on the regular, but, but that's, that's a part of just, uh, you know, friendship and biblical discipleship is is maintaining these uh, things, and one of those things is is our marriages. Right. And so, so yeah. So even if you're even if you're not struggling, this is going to be a great reminder and refresher. We're going to talk through some of the stages of mm-hmm. marriage, but a lot of just the things that are kind of in the periphery uh, in in life right now mm-hmm. are questions about marriage. Yep. And so I'm seeing this kind of everywhere. Well, and we landed on this because you mentioned that and I was like, yes, that's exactly what I'm experiencing too. Like there's just, you know, not, not necessarily in our, in our own personal lives, but, but just surrounding mm-hmm. us, there just seems to be issues regarding marriage and, and just all around us. Yeah. And so I, I was like, yeah, we got to talk about this. Yeah. So let's jump in here. We've outlined three stages of marriage and mm-hmm. this is sort of getting married is stage one. That's before you get married and then even on like into the early stages of, mm-hmm. of the newlywed. Right. Right. Um, and then sustaining marriage, that's kind of the middle portion right, uh, where you're going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then finishing well in marriage. Yeah. So we'll break these down, but let's talk about getting married. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've been married now for 20 years. Yeah. We're coming up on seven, which is not a lot, but it, well, that's a but lot. It is. That's a lot. And the closer we get to 10, the the more excited I am. It's it's really cool. I just, you know, to me every new year is just like, man, this is so cool. I'm so thankful. So anyways, good. Yeah. But so yeah, so the um it's been a while since I was not married. Do but, you even remember yeah, like the I wedding do. day? Do you no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it was 85 years ago. <laughs> it is funny. I will tell you this. No matter how fashionable you think your wedding oh, is at goodness. the time you go forward 20 years and yeah. you're out of fashion. Yeah. See, we're not there so yet. So all but these I know you're kids right. that get married yep. that are like, Oh yeah, we got this wedding. It's going to be timeless and blah, blah, blah. Just no. wait 20 years from now. <laughs> you'll be like, Oh my gosh, what were we wearing? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What, why were we, what were we thinking? Because the trends will always mm-hmm. change. But if you wait, another 20 years so if you make it 40 years then then the style is going to come back around and you'll be cool again your wedding pictures will be cool again maybe i think that's true we'll see but probably probably not (laughs) but let's talk about uh, getting married and you know as you're dating your wife as you're uh, or dating your your girlfriend at the time or fiance yeah. yeah what should the emphasis be on so this is something that i've really kind of uh 
sunk down into this is like concreted for me is the idea that that friendship is the most essential aspect of any relationship um i think i think friendship is the highest of of the loves i think that true love always has true friendship um involved and so i think that that's the most important thing yeah as we think about um dating biblically it's really about building a connection that is focused in mentally and emotionally that's right and we're leaving the physical connection out till right. after we're married yeah but i would encourage any couples that are dating or engaged really focus on the friendship aspect getting to know your partner uh, how, what they like how they feel uh, all of the things that that make up who they are yep that's what's going to keep things going um that's that's what you know friendship is not based on physicality mm -hmm. um it's not to say that we're going to get to physicality in a minute not to say that's not important but that's not what friendship is built on friendship is like you said it's built on the emotional and mental connections that you have mm -hmm. and so yeah um, it's so, vital yeah so let's let's jump into that why is it important not to live together why is it important to stay chased before marriage yeah so that's kind of the the key behind this right because that's that's what a lot of people would say you have to do those things you have to live together in order to build the friendship to know this person but but that's that's just not true um and it also disregards what god says about it it's like disregarding the designer manual right i mean you're, you're just disregarding the point of the design and thinking that you found a better way yeah there's so many in culture and i guess it comes from a, a belief that they want to try things out first right it's like if i live with somebody i can try out and see if they're going to be be the compatible person yeah be compatible mm -hmm. yeah but you can get all of that beforehand without living together if you focus on what we're talking about the friendship yeah. aspect now granted when you get married there is an adjustment of of living together yes but that's not insurmountable that can be overcome uh if if there's this this friendship this core mm -hmm. this base built well and that thinking really disregards what the point of marriage is in the first place mm -hmm. Marriage is a commitment, a lifelong commitment, um, a covenant that you make between this other person and, and God. So it's really a, a contract that you make, a holy contract that you make. And it is for the point of committing oneself to the other person right. um, through God's grace, right? And so when you say, well, I need to try this out first, what you're doing is saying, one, I don't trust God to sustain uh, me or her, you know, my spouse whatever um i don't i don't trust god in that and i think that i have to make sure i have to test everything first mm -hmm. and so it's kind of you know it's really just similar to the culture of you, you have to have that 60 day period you know what i mean right mm -hmm. and that's what it's all that's what this is coming down to yeah in a in a marriage it's your base or in a relationship you're basically saying i i don't trust the lord because if you know hopefully as you date you build a friendship you build that base you're praying and you're saying god mm -hmm. is this the person that you want me to marry right and if you feel that way if you feel like god this is the person you want that you, he wants mm -hmm. me to spend the rest of my life with why don't you trust god's plan right. in making that happen yeah 
you know, well, I just, I think it's so important to wait for that physical connection till after the, the, the covenant has been made. There, there's always this idea that, okay, I have to make sure that, you know, we work physically, you know, this is what's going on in the world. People think they have to cohabitate and they have to be sleeping together before they're married mm-hmm. in order to make sure that during their marriage, that their, their lives are going to be happy, right? Whatever they want it to be. And that usually means like physically, but also like, are we going to be able to get along? Well, dealing with the whole friendship side of things, you're going to find out whether or not you're going to be able to get along. And then the physical aspect of things is <laughs> when we're going to talk about this in a minute, but like throughout your marriage, don't, you know, just because things might be good for, you know, a, a few months doesn't mean that that's the way it's going to be for your whole life. Yeah. God, so that's just unrealistic. Well, God's intention for the physical relationship is that it gets better with time. Yeah. And I think people don't understand that they think that so much of the physical nature needs to be good in the beginning. Mm hmm. And that's not the physical is connected to the emotional that's, and yes. the mental. Right. And as you grow in your relationship, in your marriage, the physical will get better. That's right. And it, yeah, that's right. And it follows right the physical, and that's why you know it's made this way to where you 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 come together in in this friendship, this bond of friendship, and then you covenant to one another, and and then you go into the physical connection. That's the final kind of culmination, and it's. It's supposed to be awesome, and it is a good thing, um, but it but it's supposed to come in the right time and place so that it can be as awesome and good right. as God wanted it to be. Yeah, so I would encourage any of our couples that are uh, – any couples that are dating, yeah. you know, don't, don't live together. Right. Focus on your relationship of getting to know one another and set those physical boundaries. Mm-hmm. I know this seems so – antiquated (laughs) this seems so like from the middle ages you know but you will be much more blessed in your marriage if you will abide by what what god wants you to do in this in this scenario and i don't know how to say it other than you're just not trusting the lord if you don't want to do this right so there go ahead well i was just gonna add on to that you are robbing yourself of of joys and, and, and here's the thing. Here's another thing. Um, if you're listening to this and you are living together or you are trying hard not to live together or to give in to those temptations before you are married, um, listen, there's grace. There's grace. Um, it's a good word. So repent. Repent and believe and trust in the Lord and say, God, I am not trusting you with my you know desires for my future spouse. Help me to trust you and know that this is going to be good if I follow your way. Right. And then and then do your best to follow the Lord and and put those principles into place now. Um, so we're not trying to beat up on anybody. We're not trying to be jerks. And listen, you and I both, like we've said, we've we've got great uh, marriages. We've got awesome wives. Uh, my, you know, I'm not going to talk about your wife because that's weird. But my wife. You know, when we were dating, uh, we she she is and was super attractive. It's difficult. Okay, we're not saying it's super easy or anything, but it's doable. Um, and, well, there's God's, God's and there's grace. God's grace. Here's the thing: the physical part is easy because God has designed us in a way to desire each other yeah, in that ex- way. Absolutely. So that part comes naturally. Right. What What is what? difficult is the friendship, <laughs> the friendship part. part. Yeah. Why so, do we think we got to try that part out so bad? They're, they're, we're just telling ourselves lies. Like we know why we want to try that. Right. Out. <laughs> exactly. So there's one more thing for, for couples, one more piece of advice. 
is when you're getting married, the emphasis of yes. your wedding should be on the marriage, not necessarily the day. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many couples I've known that have gotten lost in the wedding planning, right. the wedding day, the wedding celebration, and they forget to focus on the marriage. My my uncle um, told me this when we were getting ready, when my wife and I were getting ready to get married. He said, during the during the day do everything that you can to make mental snapshots you'll always have you'll have pictures or video whatever you know nowadays there's drone footage i mean you're, you're gonna have it all but but you want to remember it because you want to pay attention to the fact that god brought you and your spouse together and it's all about it's really all about you showing the glory of the gospel and the love of god and it for his bride the church you know christ for the church and if you focus on that no matter what happens our wedding cake fell in half on the day it just fell apart and 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 you know what we didn't even know because we were just getting married and it was the best ever and if you focus on that then you're gonna have a great day yeah don't worry about the rest well you know and and you think about um you know you think about leading up to it how important is that marriage counseling? You know, that's one oh, yeah, way that's good. That's one way that helps you to focus on the marriage that you need to have that marriage counseling, mm-hmm. your minister, you need to spend time. You need to listen. It's not just a formality. Right. It, it's, it's really important. You also need to find other couples that you can model your marriage after that yep. you can look at. That's what I mean when I say focus on the marriage. Yeah. You're not so much focusing. The wedding can happen anywhere, mm-hmm. any place, any, any number of ways. I know people want an elegant, nice affair. Well, they want all these things. I get it. But don't stress. If those details don't come together, who cares? Right. It's about that day, what you're, what you're saying. Mm-hmm. It's about that day making that covenant together and spending the rest of your life together. That's it's right. one day in your, in your overall marriage. That's right. In the overall scheme, it's, it's important, but it's not the most important. That's right. Yeah, because, because that's the point of marriage is to spend your whole life together so if that's the case we have to be able to sustain this right right it can't just be a big you know flashbang like ooh ah and then it's over right it has to be sustainable longevity so what are some of the elements in sustaining this marriage i mean there's a lot that comes with marriage right mm-hmm. i mean the first thought is you know uh with marriage is the baby in the baby carriage right right so yeah as you kids. as you move from from you know a husband and a wife that are married, you know, there's lots of changes, lots of adjustments to that whole phase. Right. But then you move into a totally new phase when you become parents. Yeah. And it is a transformation that I've seen in so many people. It, it's funny because when people get married, there's a maturing that, that should happen. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes it does when they have kids, there's a maturing that happens. And mm-hmm. I, I love to watch this process because um, it, it never fails yeah, how, it's people, always, yeah. how people change, mm-hmm. you know, and the person that they were is being molded and shaped by these circumstances that are happening. And so it, it's really cool to see. But I will say raising kids is a challenge and you have to be prepared in your relationship to do that because sustaining a marriage through raising kids, you got to think this is like a 20, 30 depending on how many kids you have 20 30 40 (laughs) year prospect here you know how far you space them out uh, you're going to be raising these children together 
there's a danger because many people fall into just like a partnership. Like right. we're just partnering to raise these kids and we, we find ourselves um, not focusing so much on our relationship. That's right. We've not maintained that friendship. Have you noticed that? Oh yeah. Absolutely. 100%. Like that's one of the things, especially when as a student pastor, I'm, you know, interacting with parents who have older kids um, and, and especially their last kid as their last kid kind of comes out of the youth group. I, I do my best to humbly and graciously like warn them, you know, and we'll get to this kind of finishing well, but, but the, the idea of raising your kids, getting through that sustaining marriage through that, if, if you're not trying, at least doing your best What's going to happen is at the end, when your kids are no longer in your house, you're going to be with a stranger. And that's just, that's not anecdotal. That is like research. Like there's tons of research. We don't even have to quote anything. It's, it's so true. Yeah. There's, I've known many couples as empty nesters that get divorced because they focus so much on the children that they have not, they've not made their relationship a priority. They don't and that's, know. Yeah. That's, that's right. really hard. So, you know, I think that you've got to, you know, as much as the kids demand of mm -hmm. your time and energy, mm -hmm. you've got to make sure that you put some, some limits there. You know, right. your, your life cannot be 100% about kids. Right. And I'm saying this to husbands. I'm also saying this to wives right. because moms get really invested in their children as they should. Right. But there's also times where you need to detach. Yeah. There's times where you need to be okay to leave your kids with the grandparents and go away for a weekend. Yeah. One know, of, you, one of, yeah. One of the things you I'm need to be able for. to go out on date nights. You need to yes. be able to spend time together and do things together as a couple your your kids need to be de desperately loved by you and your spouse but not more than you love your spouse well and i'll say you cannot parent your kids well unless you're uh, engaging in your relationship yes. because your kids need to see a marriage of love and concern modeled so my kids are a priority but my wife is my first priority. Absolutely. And and your kids love that. They they might if you say I remember my my in-laws uh would tell me like they he regularly my my father-in-law regularly told his daughters, "I love you, but I love your mom, my wife way more." Right. And he would, you know, use that as a you know, even discipline like you will never talk to my wife mm -hmm. that way. Mm -hmm. Um and so that that was really instructive because here's the other thing if you don't do that and you come to the end, your kids are grown and they see, they will start to see the hypocrisy, right? And in all of the work that you'll do, if you're not putting forth effort to invest in your spouse, all the work that you invest in your student and your kids will kind of go out the window because of the hypocrisy that they see. So you, you don't want to do that. You know, you want to be real with them um, and, and love your spouse more than you love your kids. So that, that relationship, that friendship has to be maintained. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing. If you feel distant from your spouse, you need to make changes to invest in that relationship. People mm -hmm. think that they fall in and out of love. And I don't believe in that. I believe that you haven't invested in that relationship to keep that love going and growing. I, I think you're absolutely right. And I've even felt this recently. Like I've said, we we've got these young kids and we're still learning stuff and I'm making, I'm, I'm having to make sure I apply the principles that I know mm -hmm. to my experience now 
And so one of the things I'm finding is like, oh my goodness, we're just in a, in a rut, you know, we're in a routine. And I've heard, you know, you hear that a lot from people and I'm like, okay, I'm starting to experience that. What do we need to do? We need to go on a date. Like we got to do, go do something fun, you know, something small, something, whatever, but you know, get a babysitter, you know, leave the kids and not think about them. Don't call the babysitter, leave them alone and uh and go hang out with your with your spouse yeah and so you know as we think about this there's another aspect that we've got to keep a priority on and this is mm -hmm. on the physical relationship <laughs> many couples struggle in this area as they as they find themselves raising children in this kind of middle middle phase the physical relationship um gets gets really pushed to the side because of real life factors you know right. you you're working you've got responsibilities with your kids you're running your kids here and there and everywhere and you're tired you're chasing toddlers <laughs> and you're just tired yeah and so and i understand sometimes the last thing that a wife or a husband wants to do at the end of the day is have physical intimacy with their spouse but i will say we must we must 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 make this a priority in our marriages that's right because I, this is what keeps and sustains biblical marriages. The Bible speaks to physical intimacy. That's right. You know, it's funny. There's uh, the movie Christmas with the Cranks. We talked about Christmas a lot lately. Um, but the, in the Christmas with the Cranks, there's a scene where he's trying to tell her about um, it's with uh, uh, Tim Allen and uh, oh, what's her name? Uh you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Just look it up on IMDb. But uh, he's trying to tell her about this vacation that they want to go on. And, and she thinks that something else is going down. And so she's, she says, it's not even Thursday. <laughs> and, uh, and, so, <laughs> and so like what was cool about that is they, you know, in one sense, that can be kind of dull and dry to just have things planned. But sometimes that's what you got to do. Right. And so sometimes you got to plan things out and you got to make it happen because right. because and if you don't, everything else will push it out of the way. Well, and you got to be respectful of the boundaries and the schedule and things. And I knew a couple that would, uh, they would make plans. They would mm -hmm. make, they would plan out times of intimacy. And, you know, the wife knew that, that, you know, the husband, the wife, they knew she'd put a little heart on the calendar or right. something like that. And sometimes you have to do that. You have to do whatever it's going to take, take. to to make it work. Because right. a healthy marriage will not survive these middle years without intimacy. And listen, what what is love if not choosing to make that person first mm -hmm. in that moment, right? And so love is sometimes when you've got when you are a busy person and you've got everything under the sun going on, or you got little kids, whatever. If you don't plan that person into your life they're not going to be a part of right. your life mm -hmm. and that's one of the things we we it's counterintuitive we think love is always this um super random thing that happens whenever you know passions rise but that's not always mm -hmm. really what it is yeah uh, most of the time it's choosing people in the midst of the hard yeah you know well the the duck commander guys you know willie robertson and those guys they used to say if you're too busy to duck hunt then you're just too busy <laughs> and i would say in marriage if you're too busy for physical intimacy then you're just too busy that's right and something has to be changed something needs to be adjusted in your relationship in your time in your day-to-day -to, -day to make time for that that's right now i'll let you guys i'll let these couples figure out right what that looks like right frequency and and all of those types of things but 
you have to make this a priority in your marriage and you have to talk about it. Yeah. I know so many couples don't even talk about this stuff. Yeah. And I will say this too. One of the things I I firmly believe in, in if, if, if you're not maintaining the friendship, those times of intimacy will not be as good as they could be. Mm -hmm. Um, It's still necessary, but if you are maintaining the friendship, if you are really just, um, loving each other well, taking interest in each other. That's that's really a lot of what it is, is just taking interest in the other person and helping encourage that person to grow in the relationship with the Lord mm-hmm. and just as an individual. You'll find that the because that's like we were talking about before, the friendship, the physical relationship flows out of the friendship mm-hmm. within the confines of this covenant well, relationship. Right, and as your, as your marriage grows into later years, your physical intimacy should be better because right. you know that person, you know them in a deeper way. Your connection is always deepening as you grow in your marriage. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So yeah, that well, that's another thing. As you are growing as a person, like people people do change, right? Yeah, one of the things that was hard for me to come to grips with, and I think I think this is one of the reasons why marriages fail, is the person you marry. People are not static people. Yeah. And the person you marry is not the person that you're married to 20 years later. Right. Now, I don't mean that in the sense that they completely change. They're a totally different person. But that person will grow. That person will change. They will become older. Mm-hmm. Their body might change. They may have their hopes and dreams and desires might change. Hopefully, they grow closer to the Lord right. in that process as well. But are we preparing ourselves for changes in our spouse and changes in ourselves? ourselves, And do we allow for that? People get frustrated because like, oh, this isn't the person I married. You know what? Revel and glory in, in the, in the, the ability that you have to, to know that person as they change. Right. You know, there was a, um, a movie that came out, um, called fireproof a few years ago. Mm -hmm. And one of the guys in there was talking to another guy and he said, listen, you've got to continue to study your wife as you go along in marriage. What does she like now? Yeah. What makes her happy now? What makes her sad now? And you've got to continually, uh, understand them and seek to know them better as they are now. And that's, that's, Listen, this is, you know, love your neighbor as yourself, like, like, and for husbands, especially love, love your wives as your own, you know, they are your own flesh, right? Nobody, you know, hurts his own flesh. So if you are not willing to continually invest in somebody as they grow and change, do do you want them to invest in you as you grow and change? Um, as you have new interests and new likes and want to pursue new things, um, do you want them to be a part of that in your life? Well, it only makes sense that you then would take interest in their life because you you are one flesh. You have one life together with all of these interests and things. And no, that doesn't mean that you have to, you know, start making quilts necessarily. But if if that's what your wife or spouse loves to do, well, then you should at least 
listen to them talk about yeah, it. Yeah, we're not saying you have to do everything together. Right, you know, there right. are things that you may like to do that your spouse does not like to do. And they might not want you to do that. But, right. <laughs> but find things in common yeah. that you can do together that can continue to build on that friendship. Yeah. And the and once again, that person allow them Give each other the license to be who you are, who mm-hmm. God created you to be, and who God is making you to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think also like focusing on on yourself is in regards to your walk with the Lord. You know, you can't you can't change if somebody if your spouse is becoming or is is you know not the person you married or whatever. Well, don't don't try to just force them to be who you want them to be. Focus on who God is making you. And that will help you to be a Christ-like, loving person towards somebody. That yeah, maybe they're changing in a way that is selfish or not good, right. and so you're frustrated with them. The best way is to encourage them, pray for them, and then look to ourselves, especially our husbands. You know, if your wife is not who you think that you know, mm-hmm. whatever you know, in your marriage, like whatever you think she's supposed to be, or right. whatever. Focus on focus on your relationship with right. the Lord first. Yeah. Okay. Because so much of what uh, th- they will respond to how you are loving yourself and loving them and loving the Lord. That's right. Cause husbands guys, we are, God has tasked us with the role of leadership here. I mean, that's, that's God's design. Okay. that's why I'm saying it. And so if we will take the lead on following Jesus um, then, then most of the time your family will follow. And so that's the goal is not to just force people to do what you want them to do. That's terrible. That's tyrannical. Um, but instead what we do is we follow the Lord ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he will help us as we lead our family. Right. Exactly. And this so. just leads into the final thing is in your marriage and sustaining a marriage, you're going to deal with difficult situations. You're mm-hmm. going to have trials. There will be trials in your marriage. There will be trials. There will be things external that will press in and you've got to see each other as teammates right as p as we we are in this together yeah and we're relying on each other through all of these trials as we rely on the lord yeah yeah and i think one aspect to that is is having um well there's a couple things having realistic expectations on your spouse and how they can handle trials because i mean we're all human and also to have a forgiving heart towards your spouse. If we do not have realistic expectations and we do not have um, forgiveness in our hearts for our spouse, then trials will instantly ruin your, your marriage. Trials will destroy your marriage. What does the Bible say? Love keeps no record of wrongs. Yeah. You know, I'm so thankful that God has forgiven me of my sins and takes them as far as the east is from the west why do we continue to hold grudges against our spouse and against our loved ones when god has forgiven us of so much well and it's funny why do i expect my spouse to forgive me and and not have extreme expectations on me but i i can't forgive or or i have expectations like that's just that this that's hypocritical. Well, it's easy for us to have expectations on other people, and then we don't have the same expectations ourselves. on ourselves. It's a double standard, right? That's that's ridiculous, and that's what that's really a lot of what this comes down to is just not having a double standard, right? Um, you know, and so that will help when trials come, when 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 it all hits the fan. 
you guys will be able to get through it because you have the right expectations and you have forgiveness in your heart. Mm-hmm. And like you said, that, that, um, that partnership, that working together, um, as a team, mm-hmm. um, you can do it. Continuing to communicate and listen, everyone, just like you said, a car needs a tune up. Mm-hmm. You may be able to do some of that at home, but sometimes you got to yeah. to the mechanic. That's true. And there's nothing wrong with getting some marriage counseling, some biblical counseling from a, from mm. a friend or a counselor or a pastor. Yeah. Um, this is, there is no stigma, no shame with any of that. Yeah. You need, if your marriage needs a tune up, you need to go see somebody. Yeah. That's a good word. That's so. a good word because <laughs> we want to finish well That's in right. marriage. The last thing is finishing well. Now we are, both of us are far off from that. Right. I pray that the Lord will give us long lives and long marriages. Uh, but there are some things that we've seen right. in our experience of ministry and then also our personal experience. Yeah, and, and we're looking at people. You know, we, like we said, we're trying to follow our own advice and looking to some uh, couples who are beyond us and watching how they do things and learning from, from their um, good th- actions and even their mistakes as they tell us, hey, this was a mistake. Yeah. So, so first thing things, is launching your children. Yeah. You send them out into the world. You are are finding a way to um, <laughs> push them out of the nest right. so much, so, so to speak. And, you know, one of the pitfalls that I see with um, with couples is they continue to stay attached. You know, yes. they continue to, you know, the, your role shifts from yeah. parenting to, like, supporting. Yes. You know, you're more of a – you're more of a um, – I don't know what the word would be. You, you, you know, for instance, um, like I know somebody yeah. used a sports analogy. When your kids are little, it's like you're in the game with them. Mm, yeah. When they become teenagers, it's like you're coaching them. Mm-hmm. And then whenever they go out and they become adults, it's like you're in the stand. You're a fan. You're That's a supporter. That's and good. so you're finding ways to encourage them and support them, but you're not in the middle of all of their details of life. I would even say one of the analogies I like is, you know, if you're a person who you, you've worked in a field and you become like this expert and you just, you're the person who knows what you're talking about. Well, eventually you want to retire. But what's cool about that is that you can come back and be that person to uh to give some some advice you know and so that's um what's the word for that um like mentorship type not mentoring but like if somebody were to hire you to come in oh consultant a consultant Mm -hmm. you are and and parents i i i I want to empower um parents of adult children um you can be a consultant in the right time and in the right way okay (laughs) um sometimes you you need to just keep away Mm -hmm. but then there's other times you need to come in and be like hey uh, I I have done this. Mm-hmm. Um, here's a piece of advice: take it or leave it. You right. know, because so they're that's, adults, that's they're living their life. Right. right. And as your as your kids leave the nest, you're still married, right? And you want to have in those years a really healthy and good marriage. Once again, it goes back to your friendship. friendship. As you become empty nesters, uh, once again, how many empty nester couples do we know? They look at each other after their kids leave the nest and like, right. I don't know this person. Yeah. Who are you? And they say that they fall out of love or whatever happens, happens. Yeah. But, um, you know, if they would have maintained that friendship and then they need to continue to yeah. maintain it. What I love is in our church, we've got uh, a few different groups. I'm thinking of one group in particular that um, you see them. They're all pretty much empty nesters. And 
those couples are like just best friends. I mean, the the husbands and the wives yeah. are best friends mm -hmm. to each other, and uh, and you get to it's it's just a great picture of of how awesome life can be. Um, even after children, you know, it's not like children is not the only phase of marriage, right, right? Right. There's a big, there's a really, there can be a super long phase, um, after that. And you want to be thinking about that too. And, and you can enjoy that. You can have right. so much fun together. Um, you can take on life together and you should continue to invest in your spouse in that, yes. in that season. Yeah. Know? Almost more than you did before because right. you guys are you're 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 walking to the finish line and then we've seen uh couples both in our personal lives and in churches who love and care well for one another right. into their twilight years and you know this is something this is when our our vow you know when when we get into our twilight mm -hmm. years i mean it can happen before this but this is where when we take those vows oftentimes people say in sickness or in health for richer for poorer for better for worse you know a lot of times these twilight years are the are, are worse because right. we start having a lot of physical ailments, getting sickness, aging, and, yeah. you know, all of these types of things happen. So how do we care well for our spouse into these twilight years? Well, I, I think the whole leading up to it is, is vital. I mean, that's why we're, we've been talking about this the whole time. If you have this deep abiding friendship, that's the, the fellowship. And, you know, I think that's why things like Lord of the Rings are, are so popular for people who aren't even Christians um, is because it touches on a, a fundamental reality that is so necessary for human beings, and that is a deep and abiding fellowship that walks you all the way to the end. Um, and you just think of Samwise Gimji and, and Frodo and that fellowship, that bond that they had. Um, that's all about friendship. And so you've got a husband and a wife who have been loving each other and growing in love for each other and for the Lord the Lord sustaining that through his grace, through all the trials. And then, you know, one of the anecdotes from my life is my granddaddy. I remember, you know, my grandma was uh, becoming, she had dementia and it was getting much worse. And multiple times he had to save the house from burning down, you know, just things like that. He had to do everything. My grandma ruled the kitchen, right? And well, now my granddaddy had to do it and he had to learn stuff. He had to figure things out. And he told me, he said, you know, your grandma has seen me through so many things. Now it's my turn to see her through hers. Right. And that just, that, that was such an instructive moment to me of like, Brian, this is what love looks like. This is what you need to be ready to do when you meet your best friend. Right. And that's just been so good for me. So, yeah, I, I agree. I've seen couples in the church that have that have displayed this type of love where they care for each other you know through all of their different ailments yeah. or through you know maybe one partner struggles with a with an aging disease of dementia mm -hmm. or or cancer or whatever and the other person just just walks them all through, the through all of that and is there every step of the way and it's just it is a true picture of sacrificial love and so I pray that God would give me um, a long and fruitful marriage and that as we, my, me and my wife enter the twilight years, that yeah. we would continue to love and care for one another in that way. Yeah. My, my hope and prayer is that 
Um, you know, and this is what's hard. I think guys for me anyways, is I statistically, you know, guys, we, we usually uh, kick the bucket first. first. There you go. <laughs> A gentle way to put it. Um, and, and my hope and prayer is that I, um, get to take care of my wife instead of her having to take care of me. Um, you know, you just, I would, I, I don't want her to have to do it. Um, but what's great about, uh, growing together as I know that she will. Um, my hope is that I, I get to do that and that, um, and so that's what I think we should be thinking about is not, will they take care of me, but will I take care of them? Yeah. It's um, how can I care for them in the moment? And then when that, yes. when those hard times come, you don't have to worry about it. That's right. Cause you, cause you, this is normal. This is right. what you do cause you love them. Yeah. So, so I think the encouragement for all of this, this whole talk would be whatever stage you're in is to invest in your spouse, invest in your relationship. Yeah. You know, even if they're not the person you think that they should be, try to be the person that God wants you to be and see what happens. You yeah. know, I was really marked by that uh, movie Fireproof, mm -hmm. you know, and it's about a couple whose marriage is falling apart. They're on the verge of divorce. And the wife is just so embittered towards the husband because he's not really made her a priority. Yeah. And so instead of begging her and saying, I, you know, give me another chance and do this and, and whatever, he just starts to love her the way God instructs him to biblically. Right. And she sees that, you know, he's focusing on his relationship with the Lord and he's focusing on her, putting her first and their marriage is repaired through that. Yeah. And it's just marked me that, I need to continually put my wife for put God first, but then I need to put my wife there and serve her and love her and care for her. And I will have a good marriage. Yeah. And that, that, that person that I'm married to my wife will be who God wants them to be. Right. Not who I want. The, I don't yeah. want my wife to be who I want her to be. I want her to be who right. God wants her to be. Because we're, we're not God. God's God. He has a, right. he has a better plan for our spouse than we have for them. Yeah. He has a better plan for us than we have for us. And, and we have to trust him. Yeah. And when we struggle to trust him, which I do sometimes, I have to go back and say, God, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm struggling to trust you. Help me, help me to let go of my stupidity and right. help me to just know that you are God. Yeah. And you, got you know, this. a spouse is like a flower mm -hmm. that has been watered and has sun. You know, you take a flower and you have to give it water and you have to give it sunlight. You know, when you, when you invest in your marriage, that's the water, that's the yeah. sunlight, your spouse will bloom. Yeah. And if you look at your marriage and it's dry and it is hard and your spouse and you guys are mean to one another, you have not, you have not watered. You have not right. let the sunlight, you have not invested in your marriage. Yeah. And so really you have no one else to look at, but yourself. Right. And so that's what I'm always striving to do is invest in my wife so that she is able to bloom. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, to, to just encourage you if things are hard and if you're, if you're the person listening and you're like, well, you have no idea what my situation's like, you're, you're right. We don't know your particular situation, but, but we've, we've, we're not even the most experienced pastors out there and we've, we've seen it all. And, and we're just telling you, this is this is God's way. This yeah. is this is doing things God's way, not our way. This yeah. is not our wisdom. The these are these are things from the word of God that we've seen and experienced as well. Yeah, the final encouragement I would say is is don't give up. Yeah. God God can do a miracle in your in your marriage. That's if right. If it's not where it needs to be, I, I can't tell you 
how many couples I've seen on the verge of divorce, God has done a miracle in their marriage and brought them to um, a more richer and fruitful marriage when they've submitted to him and put each other first. So there's always hope. Don't give up hope. If you don't have the marriage that is biblical, that is good, that you feel like God wants you to have, don't give up. Right. Continue to make it a matter of prayer. Get yeah. biblical counseling. Get help in that. And God can do a miracle in your marriage. That's right. So we hope that this is encouraging. We hope that this is um, a little challenging and, and instructive. It's, I mean, <laughs> we're the ones uh, doing the research and right. and finding the notes. And this is this is definitely challenging to us. And it's, but it's it's what sustains us. It's right. what gives us the families that that uh, we want to have and we know that that god wants us to have and we're not perfect by any means but but we're pursuing these things because we know that doing things god's way builds families for life that's good so that's good man thanks for listening yes we hope this is an encouragement to you we'll see, see you next time, time. talk for the first 30 minutes mm-hmm. yeah I know. everything happens on thursdays thursdays are the worst i don't i, I actually thought thursdays about this are the worst. <laughs> I thought, <laughs> money please i thought that i thought like maybe maybe there's a reason why it's kind of like sundays i'm wondering if like i don't know Maybe maybe there's spiritual warfare. I don't want to blame everything. I don't want to blame my sins on spiritual warfare. But, you know, I do think that there's some of that. I stubbed my toe. Ah, Satan. <laughs> Satan. <laughs>